And welcome back to Replay Values. The I love the way podcast you say about how thank you about how uh, games and gaming experiences can enrich our lives. My name is Michael, and I'm Patrick, uh, and we are back again with another Replay Retrospective. Uh, I say another, but I didn't use that name the last time. I, it's, it's retrospectively, no, retroactively retrospective. Yes, we're going to retcon it in to yes. say that that's what it was always called, but that's where we go through uh, a particular series of games that we hold um, special memories and uh, experiences and lessons from. <laughs> that was not a real <laughs> sentence, but we're going to power through it. Uh, and we are currently doing the Pokemon series. Now, I Pokemon. do want to start a, a little bit of business oh, here. Oh, man, you're jumping right into the, the, the business. We got to do some business yeah. at the top. Yeah. Two, I have two very important things. All right. The first thing is, for those of you listening who have looked at our release schedule and thought, is this going to be a Pokemon podcast for the next X number of months because of the number of generations we're going to cover, oh, I true. want to assure you that that will not be the case. I'm going to skim we've, some. We've got some ideas uh, of ways to kind of mix things up, uh, but then, yeah, we will also probably mark an end point, likely around Generation 5, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which was the kind of cutoff point from two, fully from mostly 2D to fully 3D mm-hmm. games, and I feel like Mark's a good kind of transition point for the series and therefore we can kind of ourselves transition away from it uh for the time being and then we can always revisit it down the line yes absolutely um so that's that the was first, point one that was point that was point one of yes, business point two of now business. on to point you can't see but i'm running a powerpoint presentation <laughs> just for just for it's Pat a beautiful deck it's a beautiful deck uh yeah it was just for us not for anyone else um <laughs> number two is and this is uh i'm going to introduce another recurring segment that I hope <laughs> I hope will not be recurring. We'll never use again. And that is called Michael's Corrections Corner, <laughs> where I am going, which is essentially a mea, mea culpa for uh, mistakes that were made in previous episodes. Yes. Um, and I had to do this because while researching the game we're going to talk about today, or games, I should say, I double-checked the dates on the first generation of Pokemon, which we spent a lot of time last episode talking about how it came out in 1996 now you and I were the tender age of 10 or mm-hmm, so years mm-hmm, old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I forgot about is that back back in olden times, games did not come out at the same time everywhere around the world. Uh, particularly games coming from Japan often had a, a pretty big gap between them. And while it came out in Japan in 1996, it didn't come out in the U.S. until September of 1998. Which truthfully seems wrong. It We... Can't believe it. Yeah. I, I feel like we came from the Berenstein Bears universe yep. where it came out in 96 and we were younger. And I have memories of that happening. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Pokemon cards came out in 98 as well. And yeah. Like, the I, show yeah. started in 98, like a couple weeks before the game came out. And we were solidly in middle school by 98. Yeah. It does not seem right. It seems like I have elementary school memories of it. I mean, my memories of being made fun of for liking Pokemon now maybe feel a little <laughs> bit more accurate as to... But I think some kids probably thought being 12 was a little too old to be into something like Pokemon, which, for the record, is not. Those kids are wrong. They were wrong then and are still wrong now if they still hold those opinions. <laughs> but uh, I, I still think the, you know, the, the memories and impact and things that we discussed during that episode were all very valid. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to kind of address the fact that we got the year wrong and also... I think like a lot of people probably have a somewhat skewed memory of how much time passed during our childhood or, or kind of the oh, passage absolutely. of events. I mean, I, on the macro level and the micro level, yeah. I feel like I, a 10 minute car drive was like so long oh, and for sure. yet like years lasted forever, but no, it, it definitely did not. It doesn't feel like that now. <laughs> nope. So that marks the end of the first uh, iteration of Michael's Correction Corner. I hope to not have to do that again, but me saying that probably means that I'll almost certainly be doing that again. Our first correction next week is going to be that Michael's Correction Corner is going to keep recurring every episode. (laughs) That is true. That's what I was wrong about. Um, Cool. All right. Let's dive right into our retrospective. We have already mentioned a couple times this series. It is Pokemon. Yes. And we did Gen 1 last time. Yes, and for those uh, who need a refresher, we're, when we say Gen, we mean generation. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of each iteration of the Pokemon series is referred to as a generation, um, going all the way up until Generation 9, which is coming out uh, pretty soon now. Oh, yeah, in a few weeks in yeah. November. 
you'll be able to date these episodes by the each time we talk about how soon it is <laughs> that Gen 9's coming out. Uh, but yes, we're on to Generation 2, Pokemon Gold and Silver. And then, do you remember the third one? Crystal? Crystal. Yeah, I was just talking about that. I, I could not remember if Crystal came out with that or if it came out with Platinum later. But it, mm-hmm. yes, it was this. Yep. Yeah, yep. Crystal was, was Generation 2 also. Was Crystal the one, it had a Grudon? No, it had the whale on the cover, right? No, it had Suicune, the, oh. the, the like water dog. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of the multiple dogs, like the legendary. Yeah, so one thing, you know, this being a video game sequel, it added several things to the um to the equation including obviously more pokemon mm-hmm. um there were things in the original game uh, that we didn't touch on too much i think we talked about mewtwo uh, but there were legendary pokemon there were pokemon we talked about the birds also we did talk about the birds yeah. um and uh so in addition to the the new regular pokemon we all they also added new legendary pokemon uh, yeah, there were the three the three special dogs that mm-hmm. then roamed around the map. Mm-hmm. That was a brand new thing when you they roamed around the map. Yeah, you don't remember you you had to find them as random encounters. They didn't. Oh, I hate they that. didn't show up. Uh, previously, the legendary Pokemon were always at a specific place, and you went to them to try to catch them. In the second generation of games, the those three in particular were yeah introduced the idea of what's called roaming legendary pokemon which they started to do a get they did more of in yes. subsequent games but uh where you had to just find them as a as a random encounter which was it is just how you encountered a, all your pokemon was it a long grass or tall grass encounter or were yeah they, it was a tall grass encounter they weren't even sprites on the map i think in heart gold i'll have to look it up later or we could do a michael's correction corner i think in heart gold you could see the legendary you, you dogs. might be right about that. Yes. So, and I was going to ask what version of the game you played. I, I played Hearts Gold, which I looked up. I, I got it in 2010, and I completed it in 2011. I went through the league. I put 80 hours into it. Wow. I, was, I was very impressed by you that. You caught everything, though, right? Uh, no, I did not catch everything. Oh, no. Um, but I did get every badge, and I, I was like going through. I actually looked up end game things. Anyway, I mean, we could dig deeper into Heart Gold. Right. But yes. And that had more stuff in it, too. Yes, it yeah. added uh, up to Gen for Pokemon, mm-hmm. it had all of the like all of the later um, evolutions. Yep, later evolutions. Any of the Kanto or Johto um, ones, and a couple of the legendaries. Let's talk about that. By the way, the um, you mentioned Kanto and Johto. Oh yes, we didn't yes. really talk about this too much last time, but the uh, the world of Pokemon um, is in addition to being these different generations with with new Pokemon and. Uh, and adventures there you also are in a different region every time yes so the fur in uh, the first generation of pokemon games red blue and yellow you were in what was called the kanto region uh and now in generation two you're in a different part of the world that is essentially a little bit west of yes, kanto, just a tiny bit as, west you, of as you discover when you just kind of surf right over there later yeah um called jodo now, well, then they are, share Victory Road, right? Yeah, like, they literally is, they share have the Victory same Road. Pokemon League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you go to Kanto to go to the Pokemon League, which is not a thing they ever do again. No, all the all the later games, the, there's a Pokemon League just in the place where you are. Yes, you don't go back to the original world. But um, what's interesting is the and unfortunately, I don't know the specifics, but each region for the first four Pokemon games, uh, each region was a different part of Japan. Oh. They were all they were all specifically based on uh, when we get into generation three, there's there's a whole story that I'll have to credit um, somebody else for telling in and better better detail than I can. There's like a whole <laughs> story about like why the evil teams in those games have certain motivations to like want more water or more land and and oh wow, the, based on like the part of Japan that takes place in and some like big problem that happens that the people who made the game like were dealing with. Um, so it's a whole thing. That so sounds it's bleak. A, I yeah, can't wait to talk about it. It's a it's a little rough. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's not that's not this game. This is uh, Johto. It's a, it's a new region, new some new Pokemon, a lot of familiar ones though in this one. Mm-hmm. Later games would lean a little bit heavier on some of the new pocket monsters. Well, and Sword. So Generation Eight was the first time that you didn't have access to every Pokemon up to that point. Correct. <sighs> yes. Yeah. And everyone was very understanding about it. Yeah. They were, everybody's really chill on the internet. There was internet. no controversy nope. on the yeah. internet about it. Absolutely and, not. Everybody was markedly awesome about that change. Yeah, there's... 
you know, we're, we always try to think of positive memories around games or at least, uh, or at least ones that are like emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if at some point when we talk, whenever we talk about generation eight, whenever that is, I'm sure the Dexit controversy will be, uh, <laughs> fully unpacked, um, and hopefully a thing of the past. Uh, but as of right now, it was still with trading popular to catch all or po- popular possible <laughs> to catch um, and popular to catch all Pokemon within like a single game. Yes. You had to trade with someone who had the other version yes. uh, and trade to evolve some of them and stuff like that. Uh, but you had that. The other important thing, new Pokemon, also new types. Yeah. They added uh, dark. Yes. And steel. Steel was the other one both essentially in place to kind of nullify psychic Pokemon. Yes. Because as we mentioned last time, uh, there there was a bit of a balancing issue and the psychic type Pokemon were way overpowered. They also changed the way certain, the stat, the special stat worked, uh, which was both special attack and defense in the first game. And they changed it to special attack and special defense being separate stats, uh, which meant that they could make it so like, Certain psychic Pokemon had better special defense, but weren't super powerful attackers instead of being great at both and therefore always being your best party member mm-hmm. um, or the other way around. So just those kind of like a little more nitpicky RPG mechanics uh, were important to kind of the iterations of these games and, and game design in general. Um, what are your memories of... Um, of this generation. Did you get it when it came out? I did not. Okay. Uh, I did not get it when it came out. I, I basically did not own gold or silver or crystal, but I did end up getting heart gold when it came out gotcha. as a way of like making up for that fact. So that was like 10 years later. Yeah. Yep. 2010. We had graduated college by that yep. point in time. Yep. And I remember I, I was just like, all right, well, I've got a DS. I'll do this. Um, and... Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I also had that moment finally. I, you know, Ho-Oh, oh, we, Ho-Oh and Lugia. Yeah, the, the, two, the two new legendary birds. Yep. And in this, this. Well, Lugia, I think, is not technically a bird. I don't, I don't it's more it's of a, a dragon Whale thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's got water, like, Whatever. Stuff. It's, it's kind of bird-like. Yes. And also, I mean, this was the first time, like, blue and red and yellow, they, none of them differed on which legendary appeared. Right. But this was the first time that there was a, like, cover art legendary Pokemon that was different and for the two games. Basically, every game going forward now yes. will do this. There, yes. there will be a special legendary Pokemon that'll be on the cover of the of the box of that game, and that will, or, or for those younger people remember, games used to come in boxes, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> those, um, or it'll be on the, the title card of the game. Uh, and that will be the the exclusive legendary for that game that you would catch at it and at a kind of a preordained time. Usually the games kind of built some ceremony around. Yes. Now you're going to deal with the special legendary Pokemon of this game, and it was not a thing you could avoid. No, and I mean as things get crazier, like uh, Ho-Oh and Lugia are supposedly like ancient Pokemon. Yes. Eventually, you you end up dealing with Pokemon that are like the gods of time yeah, and all the, creation. We and... the reason why we're cutting off after Generation <laughs> Five is because Generation Four and Generation Five have maybe the craziest stories. Mm-hmm. Generation Five is a generally a, a genuinely interesting story where the bad guys are essentially Peta uh, and generation four yeah has like pokemon that can rewrite the the, the rules of the reality in yes. the universe and yes is just like really insane uh but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it yes but um, yeah these these ones are just old birds or yes. an old bird ancient, and an old dragon ancient thing. birds and ancient dragon type things and uh ho-oh uh, do you remember this um was the pokemon that you saw at the end of the first episode of yes. the anime i do remember that he sees that the glittery bird flying through the sky, and as a kid, I was really perplexed. Yes, because it wasn't a Pokemon that ever showed up. Yes, and it was because it was '98, which meant Gen Two was already coming out in Japan, and therefore they knew what it was, so they were teasing it in the anime. Yep, yep. But no, to us, it was just yeah. a glittery bird flying into the sunset. Yep. Yeah. So it was an interesting mystery. I actually got the uh, the second generation of games right when it came out. Okay, uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so 2000 was an interesting time. So the part of what made me realize that we had gotten the dates wrong was I was thinking back on that time in my life 
And over the summer in the year 2000, we had gone on a, a big family trip. We went to Italy for a while. Oh, very um, fancy. Very fancy. It was the... Pinkies out. Um, yes, yes. Famous motto my, of Italy. My pinky will be... Oh, yeah. You know, that's what they all do over there. Um, so we went on this big trip. And I remember my brother and I played a lot of Pokemon on that trip, like when we were just kind of on, having downtime uh-huh. on our Game Boys. But we were still playing the Generation 1 games. And I was like, why the hell are we playing that? Generation 2 should have already been out, and that prompted uh, me to, to do some to digging, and then I was like, oh, it wasn't until September of 2000 that those came out, or September of October, and... Um, oh, wait, September of 2000, we were yeah, it was, starting... Yeah, we were in high school. Yeah, when wow. It came out, which explains wow. why you probably didn't buy it, because I yeah. assumed you had decided to move on, but... Uh, I was not quite ready to let go just yet. When did N64 come out? N64 came out in 1996. That I know for sure. Okay. All right. Um, and GameCube then was 2000. 2000 end of 2001. Gotcha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I got that right when it came out. I got it that Christmas. So pretty close. Yeah. My yeah. surprise 15th birthday. Very nice. Um, actually, no. I guess that means I got it a year after it came out. Boop, math and time. Uh, right? Cause no, I, you were born in 86. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, oh, yeah, all right. Yep. Yeah, then, yep. yeah, I did. I got it right when it came out. Surprise 15th birthday party. Sorry, uh, we're all nervous about timelines now. Oh, <laughs> I don't man. want to, it doesn't, don't Nothing it feels real anymore. Um, but yes. So, yeah, no, I, I still was a gamer, but I guess I, I just wasn't on my Game Boy as much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this, yeah, the, it was an odd time for me in a lot of ways in 2001. The, you know, the transition from middle school to high school was just kind of uh, an interesting time for everybody in that stage mm-hmm. of, of kind of young teen adolescence. Uh, we also, um, in terms of like life stuff, we had moved. We had, uh, right at the end of middle school, we moved from my hometown of Barrington uh, to a town called East Greenwich. Um, oh, man. So my my father got, had gotten into kind of a career position where he was making more money, um, but he was working somewhere a little farther away. So we uh, moved to be closer to that. Um, it, even though it was in you know a, a societal sense an upgrade, <laughs> uh, and and I completely understand why my parents made those decisions. It was a little tough for me because we I moved away from the neighborhood where all my friends lived. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, East Greenwich was a more upscale neighborhood, but therefore meant that like people had, instead of houses that were closer together and kids who played with each other in the neighborhood, it was like impeccably manicured lawns in front of three-car garages and people who <sighs> never talked to each other. Very fancy. Um, and yeah, and our the old like, you know, swim and tennis club we used to go to was now like a country club that was a lot stuffier and... It was just a tough transition, and then I went to a um, you went to a boys all school. boys Catholic high school. Yes, that I didn't want to go to, um, and was not was a particularly hostile environment for people who were into theater, which is what I did, uh, and so and were into nerdy things, and so it was just all that stuff kind of happened within the span of like three or, or four months. Oh God, that is brutal. Um, so. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, at the time that the game came out, you know, me at 14, it was probably the first time in my life I could say I was honestly depressed. Oh, I, I was I was really having a hard time. Um, I, I would like to say that this game pulled me out of it. And I think to some, really de- nice. to some degree it did. Uh, but it also we'll, we'll get into kind of the thematic element that I think is interesting in this game that I think also paralleled. Uh, where I was at at the time where I played it, because I think by the end, I realized it was time for me to move on. Oh, wow. Um, as much as I enjoyed the experience of playing it at the time. That's big. Um, wait, so I mean, like, you know, we we highlight things that we care about and that we, like, we have more memories about. Mm-hmm. I It is, you know, depression's real. And, yep. like, our little teenage hormone brains, like, it, it is a really difficult time, so... And it was not a thing I knew how to talk about, uh, especially we didn't, you know, we didn't have in the year 2000 have much of a language for it. <laughs> in the uh, year 2000. <laughs> uh, we just knew how to put 2000 on the end of everything because everyone was obsessed with the, the turn of the millennium. The willennium. Um, or, or, and especially the willennium, <laughs> yes. Um, 
And yeah, it, it was a real thing. And, you know, thankfully I, I made some very close friends and, and we're, we're just kind of in, in the right p- place to have a, a support structure that kind of pulled me out of that mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, but it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. And, you know, you, you think of, you think if anyone goes through depression, it's someone who's more of an adult, but you, you Oh no, it happens kid to too. kids. Oh yeah. Like anxiety, depression, all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's real. And so, you know, don't, don't feel, if you're still someone who feels like it's stigmatizing to talk about that, I, I really hope you can find an outlet uh, and really encourage you to find an outlet to to talk to someone or, or you know, find the support structure you need, whether it's through professionals or, or anything. I wish I had a, like, I wish I were doing, like, a sponsor for, like, <laughs> and, and our today's sponsor is BetterHelp or something like that, where I could really segue in. Nope, uh, we're just we, here to peddle Pokemon games to well, get through your depression. Yeah, but, or you can just play video games, which is what I did. Um, so, yeah, I played, I played the Pokemon Gold. My brother bought Pokemon Silver. So wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about yes. why you picked gold and he picked silver. Red and blue was more easy because it was favorite colors and Can stuff like that. Can I tell like you? Yeah. I have no idea. No idea? I have no idea why I picked that. It might have been that my brother wanted silver and so I just said gold is fine. All I right. didn't have a particular attachment to or either Lugia. of those. Yeah, I mean, I guess I always kind of like fire type Pokemon and Ho-Oh is fire flying. So yeah. I, I preferred having that one. Yeah, that, but, I mean, that makes sense. You did say that your brother was all about water. Lugia was yep, water yep. also, right? Yeah, Water boy, my mm-hmm. brother. Uh, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't have a good a good reason this time. There was no favorite color association mm-hmm, or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but something that I, uh, the other thing about, about this time when this game came out was I was, I was still playing video games, but it was probably the least that I followed video games okay. at that time. I had my, subscri- your magazine subscription did I, follow I was, you to the new I, house. I was no, yeah, I, 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 yeah. The move kind of also marked the end of, of stuff like that. So I was no longer doing Nintendo power. Hmm. The Nintendo 64 kind of had a lot of gaps in its release schedule mm-hmm. and really started to drop off as Nintendo there was like what, like three hundred games, or, or there's a limited number of N sixty four games. There are, there's a weird. It's like not that big a library. Yeah, no, it, it's like I think it's like two hundred and eighty or three hundred games. There's yeah. some guy on YouTube that's literally playing through every single game mm-hmm. to completion, and uh, yeah, it really shocked me how few games it was. So, I it was just it was an interesting time where I, I just uh, I was still playing games, but I wasn't as plugged in, and yeah, dealing with all this life stuff. Uh, but I still had Pokemon, um, and and something that I, I really think was interesting was the the changes they made. We talked about the new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about some of the a little bit of the mechanics of how things worked. But this was also like so many little kind of life changes and gameplay tweaks in this game, like day and night cycles. Uh, where it could be daytime or night with a ga- I think the game asked you what time it was mm-hmm. at the start of the game and so the, and then would have time pass and some Pokemon appeared at night and some appeared at day and there well, were all can, these different things that could happen. I can tell you in Heart Gold you also like did, was the phone system in the original? Yes. So the, the phone system was introduced in that. Yeah, you have to call people at specific times to get specific battles in the DS mm-hmm. version. So to refight the gym leaders with stronger Pokemon, they tell you when to call them, which Interesting. is insane. They're like, call me on Wednesday morning and we can fight again. Which I guess as a kid... You're you're like making your time around your game to do that, but as an adult, I'm like I got. I have a a meeting at ten in the morning. I don't like for work. I can't call you to do this Pokemon battle. Yeah, I looked it up online. So first Uh, of all, like there's that. That would not have been nearly as readily available. And secondly, like it is like from two to four. uh, This trainer on Wednesdays is not in their gym. You can go and talk to them, and then you can call them. If I was a kid, I'd be at school. Like there are so many that were like just end school times. You'd be screwed. You'd have to take a sick day just to like. (laughs) Be like, oh, mom, I don't feel good. Uh, I have to stay I home, to, and then you could finally call. The only cure for my disease is my is my Nintendo DS. Exactly. Yeah. You could call Misty and be like, yo, Misty, how's how's them stronger Pokemon? Let's uh-huh. fight. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what were you getting with your education at school that you weren't learning by fighting Misty's stronger Pokemon? Uh, definitely nothing. School is for suckers. <laughs> Not a lesson you should take home, by the way. Yes, um, uh, replay values anti-school. There pro, you go. Pro therapy anti-school. Yes. Uh, weird, weird platform. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so there were a lot of a lot of these different things where yeah, you could call people on the phone. Characters would give you their number, uh, and yeah, it was the first time you could rematch trainers because uh, some would call you and say, "Hey, come fight me sometime," or, or whatever. Yeah, they're and just yeah, like, they're, "Yeah, I'm still on Route 15." They're they're standing there forever for some reason <laughs> and and doing that. And then um, you're also still running into your old foe, Team Rockets. They are still the bad guys in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward, also, it, they'll start to change who the evil... There's always an evil team, or now in the more recent games, just a, a team that gets in your way, but isn't Likes necessarily evil. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Any, anybody with like a more like clown punk ICP type uh, motif, th- yeah. that's basically the, the coded as bad guys, um, but they're not that bad. No. Uh, like but, a little mean, a little rude. But we're still dealing with the uh, Pokemon Mafia at this, at this yes. time, Team Rocket. Um, and it's, it's actually, so this is, Something uh, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but it's something that I wanted to touch on. We love with these games. One of my favorite types of story, and Pokemon's not very strong in its story, but I still think this is an example of this story type. Mm-hmm. Is is what I like to refer to as the um, the what now type story, or the what happens next type story. Are, are you familiar with Into the Woods? Uh, yes, actually. So I one of my favorite, one of, oh. our old classmate Brooke Ishibashi. Oh, that's right, it's still running. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. She does um, an amazing job. Shout out to Brooke; she's great. Brooke is amazing, like um, really amazing. But Into the Woods is a great show, and one of my favorite things about it is the fact that at the end of Act One is happily ever after. Yes, it's it's like a fairy tale story, and everyone Act One is essentially an ending. Yes, and then the story keeps going, and stuff gets complicated, and things happen. I mean, it's basically all bad. Yeah, there's like very few a good lot of, things. A lot that of happen shit goes in down in Act, Act two. two. Yeah, um, but but I I really I really like that type of story. It's why I, I gravitated, like when I originally read the book A Game of Thrones, uh, mm-hmm. that that was a type, it kind of was that type of story. Because that last was, book's still not out, is it? The last two books still aren't oh, out. Oh, God, two more? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm sorry. I'm never gonna, I just, if they come out, I'll read them. If Future Me is listening to this and is like, don't worry, he he pulled it off, even though the end of the show was terrible, like, great, thanks Future Me. But, <laughs> uh, Reaching back through the annals of time. <laughs> yeah, to, right to now. To send that message. Right now, Winds of Winter still doesn't have a release date, and uh, who knows. But uh, but that I first got into that series because it was that type of story. The uh, I don't know if you ever read any of the Dune books, but um, Dune Messiah, the second Dune book, is very much a kind of and now what happens after the first Dune's very like epic conclusion. I like that, um, and it's and yeah, and it's always kind of dealing with like. Time keeps moving. Is that why you liked Wheel of Time? Because I feel like Wheel of Time, the first book was like, okay, that was a whole story. And then there were 13 more books. <laughs> yeah, I guess to some degree. There, the, the things that appealed to me about the Wheel of Time were, were a little bit different. But it, but it has it has elements of that, though, of, yeah. of this idea of time. Time continues to move forward. Things continue to change. Yep. How do you, like, how do you fit within those times? How do you change within those times? And I, I actually think Pokemon, the second generation of Pokemon, deals with this. All right. First in the story of Team Rocket. Okay. Because um, do you remember what Team Rocket are up to in, in this generation? No. Hit me. They're kind of all over the place. You first run into them and they're and they're like stealing slow pokes and cutting their tails off. Oh, and yes. And like selling them. And you have to like, they're like hiding out in a dank well. You have to go and, and fight that them. That really bothered me. Yeah. Slow poke soup, there's right? There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of Pokemon mutilation happening. Um, so you, you go fight them off there. Then they kind of, they kind of take a backseat for a little while. You, they eventually, you find them hiding out in this town. Um, and they're, they're, they have a hideout there that they're you don't know what they're up to, but Lance from the Elite Four shows up. And, oh, and he whoops and him, like right? busts in there and yeah. is like, "Hey, kid, come with me!" And so you like go go in with him and like is that the one? Is it down. like everybody in the town is like a normal looking person, but it's an actually Team yes. Rocket person there's, there's pretending a, to be? There's a town yes. that is like secretly Team Rocket town. Yes. Um. So he busts that place up, and then. You get out of there, and all of a sudden, all the radio... Oh, yeah, in addition to a phone, sorry, there's a radio. Also, you could tune into radio programs. I only mention that because then Team Rocket hijacks the radio frequency 
and starts right. like broadcasting like Team Rocket's message. But like you don't, there's no real clear picture of like what their end game is. They're kind of just doing stuff. It's a lot more like the show. I feel like it is. But also, as you you keep fighting this guy who's like the admin who's like stepped in for Giovanni who has gone missing. He's in Pokemon jail since the end. He just kind of <laughs> after you beat him the last time in the first game, he kind of is just like. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm and rich. Just leaves. Yeah. I'm just like, I made my money. I don't have to deal with this. I'm, I'm going here. to Italy. Um, and so, uh, so he's, he's nowhere to be found. And as you, as you keep thwarting team rockets plans, the, the admin guy keeps lamenting. Uh, and maybe I, I, I'm conflating this a little bit with, with like the heart gold soul silver where they might've expanded on a little mm-hmm, bit more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he keeps lamenting on like, what am I like? Where are you, Giovanni? Like, I like, what, we're kind of like he kind of you get the like sense rudderless. you get the sense that they're kind of rudderless like yeah. he's doing he's doing schemes and stuff because that's what Team Rocket does but he doesn't really he doesn't have the big picture he, yeah he doesn't really have an idea of what they're after um, and so by the time you're you're done busting the bum at the radio tower they're pretty much they pretty much packed it in I think you fight them one more time in the post game do you fight them in Kanto at all I think so I, I it's a long time since I played that part. Um, but we can talk about that. One of the great things about, um, one of the great things about this game is it has a very robust, what I would call post game campaign. It's huge. Um, it is like a whole nother game and other games would, it would have stuff after the end. The first game didn't really, it really just had that cave with Mewtwo in it. That was kind of the only extra thing, uh, which was something. Yes. Uh, this game, when you beat the elite four, you get a, a boat ticket and you get to take a boat and you have this little misadventure on the boat where you have to find this guy's missing daughter and, and you run around and you fight trainers and then you wind up in Kanto, yep. the place where the first game was. And this also brings me back around to that same passage of time thing because you also see how Kanto has changed. Yes, well, and I mean, are, are we ready to talk about the fact that you see that Blue is now a uh, gym leader? Yeah, and the rival from the first game. Yep. The rival from the first game is a gym leader. You fight Red in Victory Road after, uh, right? You have to go to... Or Mount Silver? Yeah, it's connected to Victory Road, yes. but it's a place called Mount Silver. Yep. Uh, and that he's kind of the final challenge of the game itself. He's got like... And he's Red. He's based on, I think, the manga and anime character uh, of the same name, or Ash, I suppose, because he has like a level 80 Pikachu. Yes. Um and so, yeah, he represents the big challenge at the end. But th- all throughout that post-game adventure, you're going around collecting gym badges in Kanto and seeing, you you know, you're, it's only been a couple years since you played the first game if you're, if you're playing it when it first came out. And so you're seeing how everything changed. You're seeing towns that have developed differently or places that are, are no longer where they used to be and, uh, you know, how people are kind of, you know, it's... it's uh, things have changed both for good and bad and and you see kind of how people's lives are different mm-hmm. and it's and again you know it's all filtered through pokemon you know very surface level uh meant for kids type stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's still it is oddly contemplative as you as you kind of go through this challenge also weird side note but I, I just like the idea that everyone in Kanto now is like a super like stronger than the elite four trainer. Yes, yes. And I was like, if at a certain point, like if, if you, in generation nine, you go back to Kanto, is it just impossible to beat anyone? <laughs> well, I, everyone's at like level a hundred. I feel like there, there had to have been something in the mentality of like gym leaders. Yeah. Where like, I I've seen jokes about this online. This is not an entirely original idea, but the idea that a 10 year old rolls out with Pokemon, they just fucking caught and is like, at the first gym is just trounces them. Yeah. It's like, I, I, and then, I mean, even in this one, we were talking about the fact that you can like refight them and they all have level 50 or 60 or 70 Pokemon. Like the fact that eh, there has to be some understanding that like gym leaders pull out Pokemon that like match the children that are coming in to fight them. I think the, the most recent game, Sword and Shields, most recent official game, Mm -hmm. Sword and Shield, um, where the where the big focus of that game is the Pokemon gym challenge where it's like 
you know, sports stadium stuff. Yes. I think they make it a little bit more obvious that the train, that the, the gym leaders aren't using their like, they're top like to your Pokemon. Yeah. They're just like, all right, you are here for this challenge. Here's what it, cause then they come back and fight you again in the Pokemon league. Yes. And, and it's like, much all right, stronger. I'm going to use my real lineup. Now. Actually, the crazy thing that about that though, is the idea that like these gym leaders are keeping Pokemon that are like lower level or like, just like, you know what? Just you just to get like, you went from 14 on. to 15. I need you to get out of here. Yeah. Like you're, you have aged out of this team. Yes. Like hit the, bricks <laughs> uh, also as we were talking i looked it yes. up the final team rocket grunt is found in cerulean city that's right and he has stolen a machine part from the power plant and it's up to you to bring it back after defeating him he'll inform you he's hit it in misty's gym from here he'll proclaim the true end of team rocket and leave for a familiar new region to settle down and have a family <laughs> <laughs> that's i forgot about the whole like missing machine part from the power plant yep. thing that you have to do in in kanto um, but yeah, it, it's definitely the most robust post-game campaign I think they've ever done. I don't think they've done they've done extra areas and stuff in in subsequent games, but never to the same degree. It was like a whole second game. It was it basically really was. a whole second game. You you had to get eight more gym badges. You had to. You went and fought the elite four again. Yes. Um, there were less story events like outside of that Team Rocket thing. There it was pretty open ended. You just mm-hmm. kind of went around and. And you know, again, just explored the explored Kanto and fought um, fought the gym leaders. But but yeah, it, it was there was a lot to it. And then you went did that. You also, I know in the in the remakes that you played, mm-hmm. um, I believe there's a special event you can do towards the end where you find out. I don't know. Do you know this that, that who your rival in Generation Two is? Like, oh no! So we didn't really touch on this at all. But Generation Two, your rival is essentially a criminal. <laughs> he's he's like this this kid who like breaks into the lab. Yes, and, yes, like, I do and, remember like, that. T- and steals a Pokemon and is like throughout the entire game is just really brutal to them. Yeah, he's he like yeah. truly mean to his. He's Pokemon. Probably, I think a- after this game, I think Pokemon Company and and Game Freak decided to take a step back with the, with the rivals and make them a little less intense because. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this guy is probably your rival is an asshole in the first game, but he's just like a mean he's a jerk. He's yeah. just like a mean person in yeah. this one. Like he's like someone who might actually hurt you, try to try to hurt you. But he's actually, I think, supposed to be Giovanni's son. Ah, um, that's, I like that. There's a, a an extra event in in HeartGold Soul Silver, I think, where that's made a lot more explicit. Where he's he's trying, he's also trying to find him. That makes a lot um, of sense. So yeah, interesting little tidbit there, but. Um, but yeah, the, the, the second generation of games had a lot to it and, you know, similar to the world kind of, you know, changing and, and moving forward in, um, in that return to Kanto, I kind of realized it was, I actually didn't finish the Kanto journey in my first playthrough back oh, in really? 2000. Oh, I back stopped. in 2000. Yeah. I don't blame you. It's like I, lot. and I replayed the generation one games a million times when I was a kid. And so then, that's, that's how you knew that you were in like generation two. I, I got through the, the initial campaign. I started to do the Canto missions and then I, I just kind of stopped and I was like, you know what? I, I think, I think I might be done with this for a little while. Um, and, I will still have plenty to talk about when it comes to Generation 3. Um, but, you know, that game coming out, I remember my brother still got it. Um, and you did not. And I did not. All right, I, Gen 3, I, remind me. That was Ruby and Sapphire. Ah, That's, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people consider that like Advance. one of their favorites, right? Those, like, those are good. I would say, you know, Emerald is the special one that time around. And, you know, those those have good things about them. What I like and what your version of the generation two games has is um something called the uh the physical special yes, physical versus special types of attacks yes as yeah. it, it was like Damaging a big attacks. it was a big game mechanics change where essentially like depending on how your pokemon attack worked it would be con- considered a physical or special attack instead of in the old games it was only based on what type of attack it was yes which is why all of the like fighting types didn't affect any ghost yes but um but this so, you know, even though there are a lot of endings marked with with this, I think my relationship to kind of understanding game design and understanding kind of video, just kind of how video games can progress. It's not like I hadn't played sequels before. Like, you always understood, you know, I grew up with Mario games. Like, you mm-hmm, understood, mm-hmm. you know, games having sequels and each game having more stuff. 
But I think especially in the context of now really now really being into RPGs, and when I was in high school, I was, that was like peak RPG time for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really getting into game mechanics and systems uh, and different ways, you know, rules for how games worked. Um, and role-playing games tend to be particularly dense with those. What were you doing um, in high school? Like, what was your favorite? So my favorite was probably Final Fantasy VI was okay. probably my favorite one. All right. Um, Can you off the top of your dome say when that came out? Final Fantasy VI was called Final Fantasy III in the United States and I believe came out in 1995. I could be wrong on the year, um, but it was sometime around then. Boy, this is going to be really hard to search. Well, because of that name search Final Fantasy III Super Nintendo if you're going to search that. Because otherwise you're going to get actual Final Fantasy 3, which is a completely different game. Yep. Final um, Fantasy 3. Because, yeah, as we talked about before, there were, in addition to sometimes games coming out at different times from Japan to the United States, also just some games that didn't come out. Uh, and there were, you know, especially as someone who's a fan of, of role-playing games, there were a lot of games made in Japan that just... 94. Okay, I was off by a year. Um... But yeah, those that game was probably among my favorites, and I got into that game. See, this one I actually want to touch on a little bit. Yeah, hit us. Um, because the the version of Pokemon Generation Two that I, whenever I revisit the series now that I play, mm-hmm. is actually a fan modified version of the game. Oh, tell us um, more. Called Pokemon Polished Crystal. Uh, it's a it's well, a, and also Crystal came out on GBA, right? Or no, no, Game Boy Color still. It was still Game Boy Color. Yes. Okay, continue. Um, Pokemon Polished Crystal was is a uh, yeah what I, what I call fan modified or fan hacked version of of a game file of Pokemon Crystal mm-hmm. that is meant to it adds it modernizes a lot of the game mechanics including the stuff we talked about like physical special moves mm-hmm. it goes all the way up through I think generation six Pokemon in terms of oh, like wow. having like fairy type Pokemon in there. But did they load like them in the actual Pokemon as well? Or? Um, I know at least you can get like Sylveon and um, the Pokemon whose types were updated to be fairy typing okay. are there. Um, and like fairy type moves that are in it and stuff like that. And also as a quick detour, so polished yes. crystal, absolutely. What was the difference between crystal and gold? You're right, and you're right. We kind of skipped over crystal. Yeah. So similar to Pokemon Yellow last time, and the, they, they, up until recently when they've started doing actual downloadable content for, yes. for games, mm. they, um, they would always do, usually a year or two after the game came out, a updated version of it. So they did the yellow version for Generation 1, and now for Generation 2, it was Pokemon Crystal. And with Pokemon Crystal, in addition to revamping, unlike Pokemon Gold and Silver, this was exclusively for Game Boy Color, instead of also available on regular right. Game Boy. So it had a, a more robust color palette. They... Pokemon had like some animations to them and they had kind of updated the way all the Pokemon looked. Actually, I, I found this out today too. Uh, gold and silver had different sprites. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yep. So they looked slightly different uh, wow. in a lot. And they scrapped that for heart gold and soul silver. But in gold and silver, the sprites for the two of them looked slightly different. Wow. Yep. Um, and Crystal notably is also the first one, game where you can play as a girl and not just a boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it was a. Up, up through gold and silver is all boys all the time. And then <laughs> and then they said, oh, girls like to play these games too. I uh, feel like I remember Pokemon being advertised as all boys all the all time. All boys, yeah. That yeah. was uh, right under Gotta Catch Them All in smaller print was well, all boys, all, boys all, all the time. time. Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, only boys could read that though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. So I, I like to play this version of, of Crystal and... Obviously, it's not an officially released version. It is uh, a emulated, or some would say pirated, version of the game. And I want to talk a little bit about emulation. You don't have to tell me. You can just talk about it. Um, well, I'm just I was kind of giving it a little pomp oh, and oh, circumstance yeah. as as a means of a, of a segue. Yes, yes. Um, he wants to. What is it? Well, denied. <laughs> damn it. All right. Well, in that case, <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no. Go on. Go on. So emulation is at basically as so computing software kind of developed enough that people could make software that emulated certain video game consoles. Um, we started find, being able to find online emulators of video game consoles like Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, all that stuff. One in this day and age, um, you can basically emulate anything. Now, yeah, now it's really, it's really escalated to the point that basically as long as you're 
machine has the has the horsepower for it. Mm-hmm. You can you can emulate just about it. There's a couple consoles that are still a little tricky. Um, and you start to, as you get more and more modern, you start to run into what I would call a bit of an ethical gray area when it comes <laughs> to whether or not you should be stealing games or not. Uh, because it's, you know, ostensibly if you're emulating the legal way, uh, or at least the, the most legal way you can, you are essentially only playing games that you, you are playing games that you already own. You yes. are, you are like dumping your game file and stuff yes. like that. For me, I think emulation has value as a tool for game preservation. There is unfortunately, due to the forces of capitalism, uh, not always an incentive to make games available for purchase. Well, yeah. Uh, and if, I mean, if companies don't think they will sell the amount that they want them to. Beyond that, the cartridges that we are dealing with have actual batteries in That's them. the other problem is that the physical, yeah, these physical media things don't last forever. They do eventually wear out or the battery stops working mm-hmm. so you can't save your game. Um, things like that, like the, the game that you're playing, you you have a Nintendo 3DS, which means you can play a physical, actual copy of Pokemon Heart Gold. But if you don't have an older system to play it on, that still works. That still works. You can't play that game because it's that version of that game has never been re-released. Yep. It is even if you want to pay real money for it to you know Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and everyone, you cannot. They just released the original gold and silver on the virtual console, I which think. Which is also getting phased out. So because there's no because Nintendo Switch doesn't have virtual console. Oh, oh. All right. Um, so and there's always rumors that they're gonna do Game Boy on Nintendo Switch Online eventually, that and would probably include the older Pokemon games on there, but until then, how do you play these old games? And Pokemon's a, a popular series. Yes. How do you you know, there are so many games lost to history. Um, that only through emulation and a lot of times fans, you know, if it were games that, that did never came out outside of Japan, fans translating games mm-hmm. that you could then apply these patches to that would allow you to play the game in English or, or whatever your, your chosen language is. Um, you know, so many, so many different things and so many, you know, wells for creativity in terms of these game hacks, like with this polished crystal hack that I like to play um, that, that introduces a lot of modern game mechanics. Um, you know, that wouldn't just wouldn't be possible if the only option you had was was what was officially released. Have you seen any of the companies that take the emulated like the oh ROMs? We didn't actually Yeah, say yeah, ROMs. yeah. Sorry, ROM is the name of the game file. Take the ROMs and then actually install them on the physical uh Super Nintendo, Nintendo cartridge and then sell those. I have not seen that. Yeah, it's a real thing. There's there were Kickstarter uh projects where people do it. You could actually play it on the hardware. It's almost the reverse of what we're saying with emulators where they release new content for old machines yes. that you can actually play. Oh, I, I, sorry. I've been to a convention before. I have actually seen that. <laughs> I just wasn't understanding what you were saying, but yes. Um, yeah, because uh, for, for a competitive gaming scene where like people want to play on actual hardware on like a CRT because of input lag and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. being a concern, uh, they, they tend to use like a cartridge that someone, yeah, someone loaded the game file on. Yep. To. Um, I don't know why I wasn't thinking of that when you said that before, but uh, that is a thing I've heard of. Um, the other thing that, uh, that's important is just really making sure you can, and it's really hard to have a reasonable conversation about this, but really making sure you can make a distinction between how emulation can be helpful for, as a, as, like I said, as a means for preservation, as a me, as like a outlet for creativity and, mm-hmm. and exploring games and, you know how it can sometimes be important to actually support the official release because even if you, like some of us here, have gripes about the uh, the excesses of capitalism uh, and, oh, and, yeah. and systems like that, you know, one or two still, of us in this room. It's still the you know it, I I use this term sometimes in work when I'm dealing with a, a system that I don't like. It's still the language that it's still the language they speak. Yes. It's still the language those companies speak. So if a game comes out in a series that you want to support, like, and you can afford it, pay for it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's annoying that that's what you have to do to, to incentivize making something, but also it's, it's just how most of the world runs and what are you going to do? Absolutely. It is um, what we were stuck with. So I actually just had to look up, I, I, uh, you were talking about Polished Crystal. I remember yes. hearing about Pokemon Uranium. Oh yeah. Did, did polished a... crystal add any fake mon? No. 
Okay. Uranium is a, now now we're really getting into into the weeds here, but but uranium is a was a fully fan made game. It wasn't. Yes. It was not derived from an existing game file, um, and that one was famously put down by. I mean, you can it was released on the internet, so you can still get it. But Nintendo and and the Pokemon company actually went after it. That's the other thing we we haven't really talked about is sometimes game companies will come down on uh, on people who make fan games and things like that, which is again messy to to talk about and, and kind of dive into but but there's a whole world of this out there and i really would encourage folks to to kind of dive into it and honestly probably even though it was a bit of a side tangent in this episode it probably merits its own episode to kind of fully talk about i, I mean have, i'll download and play pokemon insurgents oh my brother actually talks about that game a lot apparently um, it's very good yeah cool um but it's it really merits its own conversation. It's really something I would love to talk to people more about because it's there's just a lot to dive into. But yeah. let's circle back and some final thoughts, perhaps on gold and silver. Gold and silver. Uh, so I mean, again, for me, heart gold. Uh, I got it in 2010 uh, because it was still dated, so mm-hmm. I could actually see it. <laughs> edgelord comedy was much more of a thing i noticed that i named ho oh ho bitch which i'm not happy about but uh you know don't cancel patrick for decisions (laughs) he made in 2000 i mean i very much do not stand by it it's a word i don't even like to say no but it is uh i i cracked it open i was proud of my turd twig that i named oh snap but (laughs) that that one however is is excellent (laughs) but yeah no uh Oh, we didn't we didn't talk about our favorite starter from the uh, set either. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Totodile is my favorite. That is actually also my favorite. Yeah. I mean, Chikorita looked like a like a bean, and then turned into like a like what do you call it? Like Brachiosaur. Yeah, it was that was it was very that weird. one was kind of both the the grass and fire ones were kind of lame because Cyndaquil. Like you look, I I love me a little you know porcupine hedgehog type guy, but. It just wasn't as exciting as uh, I don't know. Totodile was easily the best one. Yes, the big the big crocodile. Yes. I almost always call him King K. Rule nice. if I play through the game. Perfect. Um, it's just yeah, he was he was pretty hand. He is it was it always a he because this also this game also introduced Pokemon genders. We didn't even talk oh then about no that. yeah then they they let them well it didn't technically introduce because Nidoran and Nidoran. you're right I'm sorry yeah. there were there were specific but it Pokemon mattered for breeding in this one that right? had different yeah God we didn't even talk about that there's so many things in these games we yes. uh, there's only we can't get to, to all of it yes. but eggs uh, yeah yes because Togepi you hatch for the egg yes um, you get a mystery or egg Trogepi as I always name it uh, when I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> uh, it's predictable, but um, uh, yeah, eggs, po- Pokemon breeding, yeah, all Pokemon having different genders rather than just specific Pokemon having them. Shiny um, was shiny. Shiny Pokemon was also introduced, which are super rare, different colored Pokemon um, that otherwise I don't think are any different stats no, wise or anything, but they are a collector's item because uh, you always caught the red Gyarados. That was yes. always a, a thing yes. it, as part of the story. People would uh, frequently... So first of all, for Pokemon breeding, if you reset your game enough times, and I think in newer versions, I don't know, but people would wait until they got a female starter so that they could breed uh, yes. actual like versions right. of it their was, starter Pokemon. It was random whether you'd get a male or female for your starter. So and, people would just restart the game and try again. And I'm pretty sure for all starters, it's actually a pretty low percentage uh, female so that you would mm. actually have to reset so many times. Um, but yeah. Pokemon was still really in service of the patriarchy at the time. <laughs> still is. Yeah, still. Uh, still um, but yeah, no, it, it it did add a lot of game features and a lot of things that you needed to to like keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, along with separating out the the attack, uh, special attack, special defense, and all of that. Yeah. Something else we'll be touching on also uh, going forward as with these games is that this did mark a tradition of doing remakes. They didn't do one for every single generation, but for a lot of them, they did. Yes. Um, at least for for the first few games. Well, so, I, I mean, yeah, Fire Red. So yeah, there's a we there's talked fire, about that. We talked about a Fire Red and Leaf Green a little bit. We'll we'll touch on them again probably and next time. Let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu. Also, yeah, remakes. they've they've remade the Generation One games a couple times. Um, they've did Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which are the yep. remakes for Generation Two. They did uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire during the sixth generation. That and then was, they just did. And then they just did uh, Platinum, right? No. Uh, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. There it is. There uh, it is. The, the fourth generation games 
they they remade those uh, for Nintendo Switch. Yes, uh, which is play now. Was that not that long ago that they no, released those? No, it was like last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did you play those? No, me either. Um, <laughs> I have a device that I can play Pokemon Platinum on, and that's how I revisit Generation Four. All right. Um, choosing my words carefully there, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is. Um, but there's, you know, there there are certain ways in which uh, you can still access some of these games, and it's interesting to see what they what they update and either Added. expand on or, or or leave out from the original games. Um, so we'll we'll try to touch on those as we go forward as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, my final thoughts on on Gold and Silver. It's uh, you know perhaps this time maybe a little more bittersweet than than truly fond memories uh, since it was kind of a respite for uh, a difficult time in my life and kind of ultimately marked a sort of turning point in terms of my relationship with the series um, and just sort of my relationship with certain things from from that time. Uh, although I certainly wasn't anywhere close to giving up video games, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely changed my, you know, going into 2001 really kind of marked the beginnings of me starting to follow game news online and like game facts, you know, game FAQs, message boards, and being really, you know, getting really into emulation on my computer and going through old Japanese RPGs that were being translated into English and stuff like that. That started to become more uh, of a what big, you were focused on, a big thing that I started to focus on. And then when the GameCube came out, I, I was all about the GameCube. Oh, yes. I was obsessed um, with my GameCube. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I, I think I'll, I'll want to talk about that and the Game Boy Advance a little bit more next time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was that kind of marked the beginning of like I now have starting to have my own disposable income and I'm starting to like build my what I would consider my own game collection. You know what falls a little bit into this time and this uh, era are Pokemon Snap and uh, Pokemon Stadium as yeah, well, right? Yeah, we didn't even talk about the spinoffs. Uh, um, I loved Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap, yeah, the one they on, just made on a new one, but, they, yes. but it's yeah, the one where you go and take pictures of Pokemon. I also loved Pokemon Snap. I was I obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, it was also just it was one of those things that similar to Pokemon Stadium, which was a battling game. It was an opportunity to see Pokemon in full 3D on your N64, yes, which was a big deal, especially yes. at that time when 3D games were such a novelty, uh, which is weird to think about now. But that was it was huge. That was it was like the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there were so many spin-off games, you know, especially when Pokemon was a was really a big fad and Gold and Silver kind of also marks the end point of the the initial Pokemon craze. Uh, I think the Generation 3 games are among the lower selling of the mm-hmm, series mm-hmm. because it was when there was kind of a lull between the initial Pokemon fad and then actually the the Generation 4 the DS games, the Nintendo DS was such a popular system that it, Pokemon got like a resurgence yes. when those games came out. Um, but we will also cover that when we talk about uh, Generation 4. In our replay retrospective. Our replay retrospective. Replay. And this has been another one of those. Should we call it Patrospective? Because I'm Pat and you're Tro? No. It's, <laughs> let, the, let the listeners at home decide. Yeah, replay they, uh, retrospective. In addition to uh, your five-star reviews where you tell us the story, also weigh in... Uh, you can hit us up on social media. Where are you at on, on social media oh, yeah. these days? Uh, Patrick BC Malloy, Twitter and Instagram. So Yep, and I am Tro underscore Chelly, as we learned last time, also on Instagram. We didn't talk um, about what we're playing right now. You're right. We should talk about that. I should also probably like have an outline open, because yeah, I'm doing a bad job of keeping track of where right, 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 right. Uh, Yeah, our socials, blah, blah, blah. But let's, yes. let's take two steps back. What are you playing right now? Right now, I am playing, unfortunately, <laughs> I am playing Elden Ring again. Uh, I have what, to give, How'd you get bit again? What happened? A couple things happened. One is I have a Steam Deck now, so of course, like a fool, I purchased the game again for my Steam Deck. You're mad. Um, so that I could have it portably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to a, a website and YouTube channel called Fextra Life, uh, which is... Uh, spell that. Like extra life, but with an F at the beginning. Extra life. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry to the people in that channel if I'm saying that wrong. Um, they they're like a wiki compendium of a lot of different video games, including okay. the Dark Souls games. Okay. Uh, so they they do a lot of guides and and in depth like strategies and stuff like that. You've and already beaten Elden Ring for so. Elden and well and for Elden Ring they've done a video series on different builds that you can put together going through the game. 
So <laughs> are you recently, just, are you challenging recently yourself? What are you they doing? started doing like new game plus builds and they look like so much fun. And also they just released a big update patch for the game and are clearly starting. I'm, I think before the end of the year are going to announce DLC. Okay. Um, and I, so I'm kind of getting back into it in preparation. For uh, okay. So that is unfortunately still sucking up a lot of my time. I'm also playing uh, dead space. Oh really? Um, you went back to they just re-released it, or they're about they're, to do they're going to do a remake of it. Yes. But now that I have a device that connects to Steam, I'm sometimes fall victim to Steam sales, and uh, I yeah. now own all three Dead Space games, so I'm going to have to play them. Um, and also, it's Halloween. It's spooky. It's yeah, uh, yeah, October. Yeah. It's spooky season. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's it's fitting that I I play a scary game. But dead, yeah, I'm playing Dead Space. And then um, I'm playing also a little bit of Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, another oh game God, I bought on a Steam Castlevania. sale. Uh, I do love Castlevania. This, what's funny about these games is the, the Lords of Shadow games were very much a, a, them trying to turn, them, it, turn it into like God of War, oh, like wow. the big kind of spectacle. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's such an interesting relic of a type of game that really doesn't get made anymore these big kind of like set pieces where like you're fighting a giant that like you climb up on its arm and oh yeah to navigate like around. things off and yeah yeah exactly yeah, um yeah. so there there are certain elements of that type of game that i think have fallen by the wayside for good reason but it is interesting to go back to nice so those are the three games i'm, I'm i think going you to listened for didn't you the three dead I space, oh, dead yeah, space yeah, yeah. Elden ring okay. and castlevania yeah. all right you're good <laughs> thanks for checking on me uh, uh, what about you I am, I mean, all right, so top of the line, I'm still playing Apex Legends. I love yes, playing Apex Legends. you were Legends. playing it when I came here today. I, I was. I play with my friends, um, and I just found out that an old coworker of ours from the Apple Store. Shout out. Uh, Melly Grant is voicing the new Apex Legend, which is Killing huge. Um, you know, she, her character is a trans woman. Melly is trans. It is like a huge step forward. Uh, she was just talking about how Apex and Respawn, the company that makes Apex Legends, have been like so good with her, like That's through great. the process. Um, so yeah, a That's great that there's a trans character too. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's big and and so just like A, top of line, shout out to Melly. That's fucking red. Yeah. B, Apex Legends is a lot of fun, and I I fully support people playing it. It's free to play. All of the pay stuff is all just cosmetics. If you just want to play the game, you have the exact same experience as everybody who's pumping. Crucial points for into that it. type of game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and yeah, just like Get out there, play it. It's a lot of fun. If you like first-person cool. shooters and team games, uh, strongly recommend. The other thing that I'm playing, and I've been losing hours of my life to this game, is Grounded. Um, oh, is that where you're the kids who... It's like yep. Honey, I Shrunk the yep. Kids? Yep, Okay, It's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but it is uh, an adventure survival game. Oh, my God. I, like... I'll end up in these like zoned out meditative spaces where I'm building something because it, it's got base building elements and stuff like that. And just running my little guy back and forth, picking up blades of grass and building houses or like finding mushrooms. It's a lot of resource management. I, I can absolutely lose hours of time in this thing. If those games get your hooks in you, they they really... Yes. That's like you're you're someone who played Stardew Valley. Oh yes, and that's which is a farming game for those yes. who are not familiar, and and can also yeah be a real time sink. You uh you might actually enjoy Grounded because there is a, a as I've been seeing a complex combat system that has to deal with parrying and attacking with different elements and different attack types for the strengths and weaknesses against different characters. I don't know if we've alluded to this in, on this podcast, but uh, definitely on other podcasts. I'm a big fan of like twitchy yes. <laughs> like combat oriented yes. games. Um, and so, yeah, that you're, you're right that that sort of thing is up my alley. I so think you'd absolutely it love it. Um, and then finally, I need to get back to Disco Elysium. That's my final oh, piece. Oh, I bet that's one I've been meaning to, I, yeah. to check out. I am like, I'm, I'm halfway through. I gave somebody a ride home from a work hangout yesterday and she was saying that it was the greatest game. Like she has some of the greatest game memories with that. Mm. Um, our friend Louie was saying that the direction that it took for the end was like so mind blowing. So, cool. Okay. Yeah, I I need to get back to it. I've I had a game crash happen and I lost some progress and I put it down. I it's need the to type of thing back. that'll put you off. Yep. Yeah. But it's okay. I I'll just figure it out. I'll go back in. I need to finish it. People keep talking about it. Cool. Yeah. Um. It's it's like a bit out on everything now, right? Yeah, I have it on yeah. Switch, but it is basically in every platform. Okay. I'll have to to put it on my wish list, um, trying to avoid 
buying too many games full price. It, it'll be on um, sale. I bought it on days, sale. It's on yeah. sale all the time. Um, but yeah, that I, it's, I, it's a game I've heard about. It has a fantastic name also. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, it definitely seems worth checking out. Cool. cool. Uh, uh we now we can, yeah, we did, we did our, we, well, mentioned we did our my socials. socials. We didn't even talk about your socials. I, I kind of said them already, but it's Tro underscore Celli, um, C E L L I, like my last name, because I'm go. Italian. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Twitter, I'm starting to try to get into the habit of posting on more rather I saw than, that. I saw some of your opinions. Yeah. I'm trying it. to, I'm trying to start putting stuff on there now since I'm telling people to look at it instead of just doom scrolling, which is what I usually use Twitter for, um, which is not great. Uh, and, uh, Instagram, I always forget to use. I just make a bunch of dumb jokes. That's my main thing. Yeah. Fair. Um, but yeah, well, uh, we will see everybody out there. Make sure to rate, review, Subscribe. No, that's YouTube. Make sure to no. That's this. That's yes. that's, that's yes. podcast. Rate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, and, there um, you go. Yeah, if you, I would say, give us five stars and share a story with us yes. about your gaming experience and memory, and we will read it on the show. Yeah, we would love that. Um, yeah, we would love that. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed hearing about uh, more Pokemon stuff. Uh, like I said, we've got a couple more episodes coming up on that but we will also be shifting gears i think i've got an idea for a surprise for our next episode Ooh. that i'll talk about off mic oh. uh, just in case it doesn't happen all right um, i like that but uh that, that'll help keep things uh keep things a little fresh but uh yeah otherwise we'll see you next time yep see you later later <laughs>